Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, today we are in Psalm 15, looking at another psalm. And as lengthy as our last week's proverb was, this psalm is equally short. It is only five verses, but man, it is jam-packed, full of really interesting thoughts and good content. So I just want to spend a couple minutes, it might be a shorter episode, and that's okay, uh, just discussing some things that stood out to me as I read this psalm. This is actually one of my favorite psalms and was a, a psalm that I memorized when I was younger, particularly because of verse 4, which we will we'll get to uh, here in just a couple minutes. But overall, again, it's hard to summarize a psalm that's only a couple verses long, but I would say if, if I had to that this is a psalm that is essentially the the picture of someone in fellowship with God. This is what that kind of a person looks like. This is what that kind of a life looks like. And first and foremost, we should note if we read through the psalm and and if you feel if you feel convicted reading through this psalm, I don't think that that is an accident because the the person who can actually live directly in the presence of God and who can dwell permanently in God's presence doesn't exist. They're not on this earth right now uh, because there is no one who lives all of these principles out perfectly. And therefore, there is no one who is truly qualified to live in the presence of God the way that David writes about in verse 1. He is longing for this kind of a continual fellowship and permanent established relationship with God. But the truth is, is that no one, uh, no human is able to live these principles perfectly. These are the ideal, these are the standard, but no one can meet it. And this, I think, is, is a great foreshadowing of the gospel and of the need for us to have a Savior and to place our trust and our, our faith and our loyalty in him. In a, in a big way, I truly think that this psalm foreshadows the Messiah, it foreshadows Jesus, because it is only Jesus who perfectly demonstrates the kind of character that we see here in this psalm of someone who can be qualified to live in the presence of God in, in this fellowship. And so it demonstrates our need for Jesus to be our substitute so that when God looks at us, he sees the character of Jesus. And then you and I are qualified to live in his presence in in the way that David wanted here in this psalm. But now that we are, if if we are uh, someone who has decided to follow Jesus and we've placed our faith and our our trust and our loyalty in him, then this psalm takes on a little bit of a different connotation because now that we are in God's presence, because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us and 
because we have that direct access as the writer of Hebrews talks about, then this psalm begins to demonstrate the kind of character that will keep us in fellowship with God as we model the Christ-likeness that we see here. Because maybe not in every specific way, but I think in general, Jesus directly modeled all of these things, at least in terms of the kinds of behaviors here, the attitudes here, um, that Jesus was the kind of person who loved the truth. He was the kind of person who was truly upset and unsettled by evil. We see this when he cast out the money changers in the temple. Jesus was the kind of person who kept his promises no matter what, no matter what it cost him personally. And I think the cross is the ultimate example of that. And so when we look at these principles, I think for us, while it is not about the trying, it is about being the kind of person who wants to maintain fellowship with God as a believer. And so likewise for us, we need to love the truth, but by the same token, not use the truth to uh, inflict pain on others. There is that truth in love, that that balance there. And so while we certainly need to be lovers of the truth, uh, that does not mean that we should be using truth as a weapon or, or uh, using it to to harm or to hurt or to demean or anything like that. And that also there, there's this idea in the in this psalm of hating sin um, and and even hating the sin that people perpetrate on others, but refusing to uh, compromise ourselves in order to get justice. There is an appeal here to, uh, allowing God to take care of it, uh, leaving justice ultimately up to God, uh, despising sin and and those who perpetrate sin on others, but not taking matters into our own hands either. And uh, verse four, as I said earlier, was the thing that for me, I memorized this verse as uh, a teenager because it just really spoke to me and challenged me in my own character to be the kind of person who would keep my promises even when it hurts. Uh, We can often find ourselves in circumstances where we may have promised something or given our word or said, yeah, sure, I'll do that for you, or yeah, I can help you out, and then something else that maybe we want to do more pops up, or another opportunity comes along, and, and real character, I think, is demonstrated in someone who is willing to honor their original commitment, even if they, if we can put it this way, even if they got a better offer uh, later on. And that takes uh, that takes real character, I think. And so for me, it was something I aspired to uh, when I was younger and, and really used this psalm as kind of a, a touchstone for me to, to check in and just see to myself and, and to talk with God and say, like, am I, am I honoring these principles in my life? Am I willing to? And, and is this the attitude that I have that if I give my word, I take it seriously no matter what? Uh, and the part of why I wanted to take this so seriously as a young man is, is how the psalm ends in verse 5. It says that this person, person who, who strives for these things will be unshakable. 
that this is what a person, because they're rooted in a relationship and fellowship with God, they're basically unshakable. They're unflappable. There is nothing that is going to kick the slats out from under their life. They are as stable as a person can possibly be because their stability comes from a constant and continual fellowship with God. And there is no more stable foundation than that. And so this is a, a psalm that I think we can, we can yes, take as a challenge, but also can find an immensely encouraging as a way of using it as I, as I did, as a way of sort of doing a personal check-in and, and uh, using it as a way to try and uh, discuss with God about where we're at in our fellowship with him at any given moment, and to also you know, enjoy the, the benefits of it is that if we feel like we are in a place where we are maintaining continual fellowship with God, then we will enjoy that unshakable foundation that this psalm talks about. 